Hey everybody, welcome to Conversation with Romance, the reading edition. My name is Jeff Johnson. We are uh, we are broadcasting to you tonight. We're recording to you live from the floating studios of Conversation with Romance. We're located on Stock Island, just outside Key West, Florida. Beautiful parking lot marina of a cab company. 24 hours, 24-7 cabs in and out, man, in case, in case you need them, they're there. I can see a lead. Oh, welcome everybody. The podcast conversation romance is all about bringing romance back to everyday life. We're not trying to get your pants, romance your pants off. We're just trying to uh, make you think a little bit about our everyday conversations, right? So sometimes for fun, what we end up doing, we end up reading a book. And this time we're reading a romance novel. The second novel we read of a beautiful young incredibly talented author, Sarah Art. Not only is she all those things I just said, beautiful, young, talented, she's also a friend of mine. Yeah. Not that kind of friend, but hey, you never know. Good night, John. Hello, North Texas Baker. So it's Saturday night. I get a little bored on here from time to time, so we have TikTok running over there on the side here. Uh, we're trying to, we got Christina that's actually on the podcast, so. She's making me sense. So now we have to use the whole screen. So now I'm going to have to hold the book while we're going to do it. Trying. So let's go. Let's get to it. Let's get doing this. So the book, we started this book, I don't know, a few weeks ago, or a few, seems like weeks ago. We took a little bit of a break because, I don't know, something was a little, maybe I said something. It was clearly misunderstood. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Oh, let me find it here. I thought I was ready to go, and then I wasn't all of a sudden. Hmm. There it is. Okay. So, when we first picked up the book, we are on chapter 14. When we first picked up the book, we met our hero, Hayden Cole. Alexa, pause. Hayden Cole, he comes, he is a firefighter in this little town. I don't know where the town is. It feels like it's in the Midwest. So, I need a backup account to the backup account because you know it's going to get rendered tonight on a Saturday night, everybody. Casey Todd over the TikTok asked if I need to back up to the backup account since I got banned over there, and I think she's right. I think I do. All right. So when we first met Hayden Cole, he was the uh, he's a firefighter. His his mom, his dad, his brother, his whole family. Too. We are reading a book called Burning Ember from Sarah Art. It's available on Amazon if you want to follow up for three ninety nine. Help a lady out. So we met Hayden Cole, and he was having a drink at the Widow Livy Todd's uh, bar on his way up to visit our heroine, Sophie. Now, they have met before because he saved her in a fire. Right? Yeah, he saved her in a fire, but he really didn't. He hesitated in that fire, and that hesitation, he did save her, but the hesitation caused her a great bit of pain, and him some pain and grief also. So, they now, after several years of fighting this, they have now decided to travel things out between them. 
right? Make a little love, do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight, that kind of thing, right? So, oh, there's only one problem. Sophie has a secret. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm hoping this is the chapter that she reveals her secret to Hayden to see if the world can come crashing down. So, let's get to it. Let's do it. In the words of Tone Loke. <clears throat> Burning Ember Chapter 14 by Sarah R. and everybody. Let's make sure we're all okay. Yeah. When Sophie opened the door and saw him standing there, still in his gear, she knew something had changed. What happened? Royce had an accident during a training exercise. Well, you're here, so that means he's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Doc Meyer just wanted to keep him overnight to be sure. The look on his face made her a little sick because he looked so haunted, but hopeful. She just knew that he had come for, to her for the absolution he seemed to always be looking for. It's my fault, Soph. Why don't you tell me what happened? You know, Soph, I, I like that you don't just reassure me that it's not my fault without listening to what I have to say. I, I feel like I can always count on you to be honest with me. If it were my fault, you'd tell me, right? Her stomach twisted again, and the bile on her tongue was bitter. All she could do was nod and lead him to the couch. Their couch. It had become a haven of sorts, a place they locked out the world, and only the two of them existed. Whether he was holding her, or they were just watching movies, or playing board games, he so enjoyed. Even though it was just a couch, there was something magical about that couch. Here was where she'd tell the truth. Oh, it's about time. Here's where the dream had to end. The place where it had started, the couch, is a place where it shall end. You remember the tower challenge, he proposed, right, So, Yeah, we did that today. About halfway up, the handrail failed, and he fell down. We keep the inflatable at the bottom in case of accidents, but he hit his head going down there, and there was blood everywhere. Is he a conscious? Is he awake? Yeah, he's awake. Did he say it's your fault? Well, no, he, he, he told me to kick my ass, actually, if I tried to say it was, but, but I should have known. I should have known where he was, so I, I should have been aware. I, I was so focused on winning. I made it all the top. I didn't even notice he wasn't there. What if he had died and I just kept, and I won? Well, all right, Hayden, but what if can be a helpful question to ask in the right circumstances, except in the cases of regret. You can't change what actually happened, only operate within the parameters of what did happen. Royce doesn't blame you, so why would you insist on blaming you if he doesn't? All right, Florida Pyholger. Photogram, sir. Well, I'm his little brother. I mean, Royce has always looked down for me. I mean, once, when I was little, I broke Grammy's favorite piece of China. China, and he, Royce took the blame. Hayden, she squeezes, and your brother isn't a piece of China. If you broke him, he could communicate. He would let you know. I don't know, so I do. 
your brother loves you, but he loves you enough to let you make your own mistakes. I, I think you need to examine is why you're so convinced when anything bad happens, it's always your fault. Because it is, Sophie. Look at you. Oh, shit. She hmm. stiffens. Oh, fuck. I, I'm sorry. I know we said we weren't going to bring our baggage up into this, but I thought we could leave it at the door. We can't, can we? Oh. Sophie breathed in the scent of him, storing up the memory of the way his body felt against hers. The heat of him while he held her. The way she felt in his arms like, like happily ever after was real. She did not want to forget. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Hayden. We can't. We can't leave our baggage out of this. It would be so easy to hide in his chest. It would be easy to shield herself from the betrayal she knew she'd see in his eyes. The judgment. Don't do it, Soph. <clears throat> do you know what I'm going to say, Hayden? You're going to tell me we're done, right? You're going to tell me you can't handle this. You're going to tell me that I am too dangerous. But I can fix this. I see what the problem is. Only now I see it. I, I can work on it. Don't don't give up on us. So. Son of a... Oh, God. There was an earthquake in her chest. I mean, it was only her heart breaking for him, right? Breaking for her, too. Breaking for everything they were about to lose. Hayden... You don't need to fix anything as she touched his cheek. All the pieces will click together as they should when I tell you my secret. Here we go. Finally get to the secret. <clears throat> Your secret? Hayden wasn't all that wary of her. I mean, she only saw concern. Sophie wished he'd guarded himself, wished he'd pulled back from her. Now that way she wouldn't have to remember what it's like when he pushed her away. That night, the night of the fire, that night has become to define both of our lives. It, it didn't happen the way you remember it. Hey. What do you mean? I was already burned. When you got there, his walls immediately went up. The fire that asked you and your family to put your lives on the line started because of me. Saying out loud for the second time didn't trigger tears. This time it was kind of a release. It was, it was like exhaling the breath that she had been holding for now. Wait, wait, what what happened? So what are you what are you talking about? <clears throat> what do you mean? She didn't want to spin spill the rest of her sins, but there was no way past it now. I mean she had to. And let's face it, <clears throat> if Sophie was dealing with a client, she'd say they owed themselves this too. Hayden, <clears throat> Hayden, my, my, my father wasn't a gentle man. He hit me and my mother, and 
that night they were fighting. I had these candles, that, three of them that I'd gotten at a thrift shop. I only, I only lit them to make wishes. My dad hated them. He said they were stupid and I was going to burn the house down. It's okay, so tell me. You're not supposed to be the one comforting me. I'm telling you this to comfort you, to release you from the bonds that you put yourself on, that you put on yourself. Don't, don't be so damn nice to me. Do you want me to be angry? So maybe I do because I deserve it. Because if you're mad at me, the fact that I didn't tell you the truth won't hurt. He did pull away from her. Okay, well, tell me the rest. Get it all out. I had the candles burning when he came into my room. I could tell he was on a tear by the look on his face. That vein in his forehead was pulsing. The way my mother, both her eyes black and nose bloody, stood in the doorway. She didn't even try to stop and aid. But I was not going to let him hit me again. I wasn't going to let myself be let, let myself be her. I, so I threw the biggest candles at him. That's how the fire started. Why didn't you try to get out? I was afraid. Hey, not. The room went up so fast. I thought it was my punishment for what I had done. I, I went into psychology to figure out what was wrong with myself. The fact remains, so if I'd moved faster, you wouldn't have been burned as badly. If you'd moved faster, we might both be dead. I didn't realize until you picked me up and, we, and were carrying me out that you were safe. I'd have fought you. You'd have been spending your life trying to outrun and imagine guilt. The only reason I'm here today is because of you. That damn... And damn me for ever letting you think otherwise. He was silent for a long time. He didn't move. She had the urge to fill up all the empty space with her excuses, with her pleas, with her confessions of love, but none of them would help now. She knew that. <laughs> he needed her honesty. And she had given and she'd given that to him finally. It it was all she could do. The rest would be for her. Finally. After it seemed like forever, he said, I, I understand why you didn't say anything. You were a kid, so I mean, shit. I think about what I deal with every day, and I don't know how I'd tell someone that kind of truth as an adult. I can't imagine it as a kid. 
The thing that was frozen in her that had curled up into a tiny ball to protect itself slowly began to unfurl. You were my hero, Peyton. I couldn't tell you something that, in my mind, made me feel like I didn't deserve to be saved. You were larger than life. Then, when you came to see me in recovery, I wanted to tell you, When I was old enough to understand how that had affected you, by that time I wasn't old enough to, I, 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 didn't, know, I didn't know how to tell you about that. So why now, so? <clears throat> because we both deserve a life without shadows, without guilt. We started something that I didn't think could be real until the truth was between us. It couldn't be. I knew that, and I was willing to take what I could for as long as I could get it, but oh, shit, that, that was the most selfish thing I've ever done. You deserve better than that. I deserve better than that. <laughs> you deserve to know who you are without that filter of what you thought you should have done. You deserve to know the value of what it is that you put on the line every day. He went ashen, and that was when she knew that it was over for her. He had been ready to soothe her, He'd, to be her hero again until he realized what she said was true. You're right, Sophie. As you were willing to tell me, I, I didn't think it would change anything, but it did. She knew her confession would change everything, but she was hoping it wouldn't. I don't blame you. Not at all. Not, not for what happened and not even for not telling me. She knew the words that were coming next. <clears throat> she knew the words that were coming next all too well. But I don't know who I am without the lie. I used that lie, so to define myself for so long. Not just myself, but my actions. The way I see the world. When I came to you, I... I knew exactly who I was, but now it's like I'm this Hayden-shaped thing, but I don't know anything else. She nodded because she knew it was true. I also understand why I wanted to tell you that I loved you, but I couldn't. Sophie put her hand over her mouth as if she could hold back a tidal wave of grief. And just for a brief moment, it did. <laughs> Me too, but, but now it's all out. I, I can say it. I do love you. I loved us both enough to be honest. 
When you think of me, remember that I loved you. She stood on shaking legs and went to the door without speaking, holding it open. She didn't want to tell him to go. She didn't actually want him to go, but her heart hurt, and she couldn't hold back the tide anymore. He didn't need to see her tears. He, he didn't need to see something else to feel guilty for. He stood up slowly, almost as if he were in a daze, and she knew as she watched him walk out the door that it was the last time. Sophie was torn between wanting to memorize every second of the moment to, to rebrand his face into her brain. The way his shoulders looked in the doorway, his profile in the afternoon sun. Torn between that and not wanting to watch as the fairy tale crumbled to dust in front of her with every step. She decided that she had done enough hiding. She wanted to watch him go. When she closed the door and the lock clicked into place with a heavy finality, it would have been easy to say she wasn't going to ever let herself feel these things again. She would never allow herself to be bored. Except that was, that was what had been the most beautiful, the most rewarding. Sophie wasn't going to stop living now that she had tasted it. Well, it was true that the pain was unlike anything she'd ever experienced. So were the good things. She wasn't ready to give up those things or start thinking she'd never have them again. Enough life had passed her by and she had taken the time she needed to grieve this, but it wasn't the end. If nothing else, Hayden had helped give her a sense of self, helped her forgive herself and see her own self-worth. Her mother used to say that for every person there was a reason they might be be only or they might only be around for a season. And she had gotten one grand season out of Hayden. A quick and beautiful a quick and brutal but no less glorious spring. Much like the much like the Kansas spring hardy thing had to dig deep to really know where their roots are and hold them fast. Sophie hadn't thought that she had roots, but she did. His roots were her roots. They might be hers too, but she remembered what Allison had said to her one time. I won't stop loving you because you and my son have a disagreement. Or even if you decide you can't be together. Then there was this tiny burning ember of hope that refused to be snuffed. If my, if my son is the man I think he is, he'll need some time to adjust his thinking. But in the end, he knows what's good for him. Was Sophie really good for him? She didn't know what she wanted to be. Maybe the fairy tale hadn't crumbled. Maybe this was just the part where everything only seemed hopeless and 
If she persevered, she could still have the castle. Or was it going to be an old yellow couch with pink cabbage roses where a prince among men would hold her for the rest of her life? I guess we'll never know, right? Until chapter 15, everybody, hey. That's chapter 14 of Burning Ember by Sarah Arden. Oh, you know they're going to get back together. You know they're going to be fine. They have to be fine, right? Yeah, they're going to be fine. So, we're coming to an end of this one. We need another book. I need your help. Right, let's, let's get another book out there. Let's let's do something that's a little bit more racy. I need a little more lovey dovey, a little more less flowery. I want some I wanna let's get in some hard throbbing veiny stuff, right? Oh, Candace, you just make do you always come in right after we're done, lady? You're the cleanup lady. Yeah. So, everybody on the podcast, thank you very much. So we we will be doing another podcast soon that is actually a podcast, not a reading. We do one or two of those a week. We're not doing Fifty Shades. That's too much painting, too much throb. And too cliche and too passe. Nobody wants that and stuff. We'll be back tomorrow night at 8 p.m. with Chapter 15. I hope you enjoyed Chapter 14. And uh, remember, Sarah Arden, Burning Ember on Amazon. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.